0: Pastor is going to be using the old-fashioned mic today. That means you want an old-fashioned gospel, right? So um, we're just going, going to go ahead and preach like they did at my granny's church. And uh, hold on to the mic. Then you throw the mic down and you just start rip snorting and letting her go. Okay, that's not my that's not my personality. So. It won't be happening here today at New Hope Akron, just thought I'd tell you. Anyhow, let's take our Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 through 34. And as you turn there, we're going to take an advertisement and let this awesome associate pastor here check the battery system. Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. All right. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right. we've got some technical difficulties up here on the platform today. And now that I'm sweating, go ahead and turn on these fans, if you would, please. Thank you. All right. Okay, now let me explain something to all of you that you probably already know, but I'm just going to make it real to you. I'm a man who talks with his hands. So now I feel like I can't talk to you because my hand is all tied up over here on this right side. So I'll do the best I can as as we move forward here, but uh, still not there. No, I don't know what happened. All right, we are going to defeat the disappointment. Thank you. What a great illustration. We didn't plan it. But you know what? Sometimes you just get disappointed when you have technical difficulties in your church and you just have to hold on to a mic. Well, today I'm going to overcome it because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and preach anyhow. All right. Matthew chapter six. Let me see if I can open up my Bible with one hand. And we'll get there. Matthew 6, and I want to just highlight verses 33 and 34. But let's go back to 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what will you eat or what will you drink? What will you wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. It says that he shall supply all your needs according to his riches in heaven and in glory. So don't worry about tomorrow in verse 34, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You know, I I like that text because it says don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow shall worry about itself. You know, we, we say things like, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So let's worry about today. We go through recovery. And I know one of the first things in AA, they always say, first of all, you know, deal with today. This is your day, you know, and don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the past. Let's focus on today. And so I think one of the things we have a difficult time with is defeating our disappointments. Disappointments come in every form So let's be all honest with each other all of us face disappointments from time to time No matter how much faith you have or how good a person you are sooner or later Something or someone or somebody will shake your faith to its very foundation It may be something simple such as not getting that promotion You really hope for or not closing the big sale that you worked so hard on Not qualifying for a loan to buy that house that you really, really wanted. Or it may be something more serious. Like a marriage relationship falling apart. The death of a loved one. Or an inc- incurable, debilitating illness. Your life might be falling a point, apart. Whatever it is. That disappointment. Possesses the potential to derail you. And wreck your faith. That's why it is vital that you recognize in advance that disappointments will come. And that you learn how to stay on track and deal with them when they do. The Bible says, in this world you will have troubles, in this world you will have trials. But oh, listen, church, be of good cheer because I have overcome. The world. When you start to lose your faith and you feel like things just aren't going the way that you wanted, the way that you had planned out, disappointment comes into your life and you feel ruined. You know, as a little boy, I, I would often want to like, paint a picture of all these things that I wanted to do in life. And sometimes when God detoured some of the desires that I had, I thought, what in the world is going on? What happened? I mean, I remembered as a little boy, I would take my little red wagon. Then we had a sidewalk. We grew up in Edinburgh, Ohio, and there's gravel. And I would always take that that little red wagon, and I always, you know, pretended as if it was a bus. Or, better yet, I graduated from being a bus driver, and it became a cop car. I was going to be a highway patrolman. And so I would take that That little red wagon, back it up on that sidewalk. You know, it takes some time for you to be able to to organize how to, to steer just a wagon the right way when you back up, kind of like driving a camper. So I would back it up, and I remember sitting on that red wagon waiting for people to go by speeding because I was going to pull them over. And I remember just all the desires I had as a highway patrolman and getting out of my little red wagon, trying to find the biggest brim hat that I could, slap it on my head so I would look like a, a highway patrolman. We grew up on State Route 14, and that's where all the highway patrolmen would always pull people over. I loved it because when they got out of the car, I don't care if if they were just this frail, skinny guy, if they were this big, huge massive cop whatever guy and or if they were this distinguished woman and I wanted to be tall and big just like them so I would plan it all out have my hat slap it on my forehead slam it on my head my mom's Big flower head just didn't work out too well. I didn't look tough in that, so I had to change up that, the attire. But uh, put it on my head, get out of my red wagon, pretend like I slammed the door, walk up. Why, why is it that highway patrol do that? They just kind of puff their chest out, and then they tap on the, the window. And, and the question is, why is that like the knock of death? You break down in tears. I know, what did I do? I mean, I, I really wasn't speeding. Yes, you, you, were, you were going 25 miles over the speed limit. And then all of a sudden, you all this anxiety starts to overcome you. Well, I just switched from being the highway patrolman to the guy who was sitting in the car. Well, I didn't like that because that left me weak. That left me not in a situation where I felt like I was strong and charge. And I wanted to go back to being a highway patrolman. And I remembered, you know, at nine years of age, getting saved, 13, getting baptized, 15, surrendering to preach. And watching throughout my life, even in the church, some of the disappointment that came, I'm like, wait a minute. I had my life all figured out. This is what I wanted to do. It was either that, run a Fortune 500 company, become CEO of a company, whatever. I That was what I wanted to do. And then I started to feel like this sense of... Wow, what's going on in my life? And, and then as he puts me in this, this how do I want to put it, this track of serving him, there's been a lot of disappointment. So I started studying last night and even this morning I started looking through the scriptures. And in the scriptures I started noticing so many people in the scripture that had a desire to do something. And God all of a sudden got a hold of them and shook them up. He said, oh, what you have planned is not going to happen in your life. So disappointment started to take place. You know, back in Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 18, let's just go ahead and turn to Judges. We're talking about Gideon, and Gideon was the same way. He was hiding constantly from the Midianites. He was trying to get away from them, and yet he already knew exactly what the Scriptures had to say. In the word, when, you ready for this? When he already knew what the Lord had spoke to those before him. And it says, well, we as the nation of Israel will be blessed for generations to come. And yet, here was Gideon hiding, and God wanted to use him. See, he, he was actually playing out the same role I was. He had his red wagon, six, seven years of age. He, wanted a, he had a desire to do this and to be that, and then all of a sudden God sought him out. And if you think that you're hiding from God, let me just remind you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows exactly where you were this morning. He knows how you got up. He knows exactly what you were thinking about wearing when you came to church. He knew exactly all the suffering that you just took part of this past week. And he is already working out things for his good in your life. And so Gideon was, so, he was just frightened and he was afraid and he was hiding. And isn't it amazing that we get so busy and all of a sudden that knock comes again. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto Gideon. Now, Gideon's feeling like, I can't be used. I don't want to be used of God. I'm hiding out. I don't want the Midianites. I don't want anybody to see me. Because if they do, they'll kill me. I like what it says here in the scriptures. In Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Oprah, which belongs to Joash, the clan of Abazar, Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, "Mighty hero, the Lord is with you." Sir, Gideon replied, "If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles of our ancestors? They told us all about this. Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt?" But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites, as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, If you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. And so here's what he did. He stayed there. He ended up, the angel of the Lord stayed there, and then he came back and presented his sacrifice to him. Why is it that we're always we're, we're always trying to uh to negotiate with god we're always trying to say, lord, if you'll just do this then i'll know you're real lord if if you'll just answer my prayer, I know that you're real I know you're here with me here was getting and if you look back at uh I think it was 15. But Lord Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. And the Lord said to him in verse 16, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Here the Lord always gives us truths and he promises us constantly, I will be with you. I will never leave your side. I will not forsake you. I will be with you through all of your victories, and through all of your disappointments. I will be with you on the mountain as well as I will be with you in the valley. And so we have a tendency to just start to waver in our faith. Oh, God, where are you? Where have you been? And the disappointment in our life all of a sudden starts to stir us up and we start to lose faith. And so Gideon starts to to negotiate a little bit with the angel of the Lord and says, hey, wait till I get back. Yeah, We'll see if he's back. Will he really be there when I get back? Well, his word is true. God the Father was there. The angel of the Lord, the messenger was there to speak to him. The problem with all of us is when we face disappointment, we have a hard time going back to that very place and crying out to God and asking, God, I need your help. We look at the heavens and we we shout out and we shake our fist. And say, God, why did you do this to me? Why did this just happen? And he said, it's okay. My mercy. My sufficiency. I'm still here with you. You see, my child. I love you. And I'm with you. You know, one of the sweetest memories that I have. When you're a little boy. And the two whippings that I got, since I have a twin sister and she got 32 of them, she made up for all the ones I didn't. And uh, <laughs> but in our life, we get a whipping, and we get spanked. And yes, it is true. My parents believed in whipping. We got whipped with the belt on our bottom. May that go down as record for the world to hear. And here I stand today, and I needed that discipline. I need a discipline. Where there's discipline, there's love, there's safety, there's boundaries. And we've taken that out of everything. One of the sweetest things that I feel was precious to me. My mom didn't leave me in that room crying, weeping and wailing. And when I thought, my mom's disappointed in me. My dad is disappointed in me. All of a sudden... The door creaks open, and in pops this head, and there's my mom. And she says, Todd, come over here and just sit down. Let's talk. I love you. You might have just disappointed me for just five minutes, but you understand why I whipped you? Because, see, you can't play with fire. You'll catch the house on fire. You won't have a bed to sleep in. Listen, you can't just not do what I asked you to do There's responsibility. It's for your safety. It's for your protection. It's for you, son, and I love you. But do you remember this? There's something I missed. In the face of my adversity as a little boy, in the face of the hardship that I was going through, I was so mad. I got so mad I took my shoes I kicked them off. I was throwing a temper tantrum in there. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. Why is it that I have to suffer? Why is it that I had to get a whipping for this? Interesting, isn't it? And I know because I've raised my own kids. And I know when they were little, and you stand outside that door, and they're and they're crying, and they're saying things like, "I don't like mommy. I don't like daddy. I don't like what them. I I don't care for them." But funny how when you walk back in that room, you love them, you embrace them. And you get to reach your arms out, wrap your arms around them, and love them in the face of disappointment. Often, defeating disappointments and letting go of the past are the flip sides of the same coin. Especially when you are disappointed in yourself. When you do something wrong, don't hold on to it and beat it. Beat yourself up about it. Admit it. Seek forgiveness and move on. Be quick to let go of your mistakes and failures, your hurts and your pains and your sins and move on. I've done wrong. You're right, Mom. I shouldn't have been playing with the matches. You're right, Mom. I shouldn't have stuffed all those clothes down the well because I couldn't get back in there and get them. That's a true story. And uh, because it just messes up the well. There's little things that, that you have to take responsibility for, church. Jesus went to the cross and he said, your sins are forgiven, but you must confess your sins and understand what you've gone through. But he says he is faithful if we confess our sins. And he is just if we confess our sins. And then he says, I will cleanse you and I will forgive you in 1 John. Chapter 1, verse 9. I'm telling them I'm sorry. I'm not letting go of the. See, letting go and letting God means that you give him full responsibility. You put all your trust and all your faith in God. There was Gideon. And at that point, he said, Lord, I'm going to put all my faith and trust in you. And he said, you will take down the Midianites as if it's one man. We can't take out. Our adversary. The very things. That cripple us. And disappoint us. Because we won't go to God. And ask him to help us. You've got. To humble yourself before him. Go to him. And he will help you. The disappointments. That disturb us the most. However. Are usually. Those caused by other people. People will always disappoint you. Just life. So, what happens? Many individuals who have been hurt by others are missing out on their new beginnings because they keep reopening old wounds. You've heard me say if you have a wound that's on your body, you know exactly where it's at because there's a scar there that proves what took place. When I was playing hide-and-go-seek, and if I opened up my shirt, and I can't because I'm chained to this mic, but if I opened up the shirt, you'd see a scar. That scar was one night we were playing hide-and-go-seek. Those were the days when kids that were 6, 7, and 8 years old could play hide-and-go-seek in the neighborhood all over the city, and you didn't have to worry about the people that were out there to abduct and to take a child. So we're in Hudson, and we're playing hide-and-go-seek, and all I did was went over a bar- barbed wire fence. But as a little boy, I didn't realize that the barbed wire fence caught a hold of my arm, and that's all she wrote. But here's It's funny. See, you don't go to the hospital. You just go get a Band-Aid, and you put it on there, and you realize that it's this ga- gaping wound, but you really don't do anything about it because here's what they said back in the day. Ready? Oh, suck it up, son. And today – Junior gets a splinter and we all freak out Ah get him to emergency because we don't know pain, we don't face disappointment. And so our society that's coming up have a difficult time going, Suck it up. Suck it up. It's a hard life we live, and disappointment will come. But you have to let go of it. You have to let that scar. Or the wound that was there, scab over and heal. We've got to release it. We've got to let go of our disappointments. Leave that with God and go on with your life. Oh, preacher, that's so easy for you to say. It is not easy for me to say. Because I've been disappointed. I have been. I've I've been right where you're at. We all get disappointed. And so I'm preaching to myself as I do every week. God. Let go and let God, let God work all this out for your good and for your mercy. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine says the secret things belong unto the Lord, our God. So if you are still grieving and feeling sorrow over a disappointment that took place a year or more ago, something is wrong. And here's what's wrong. You're hindering your future. You must make a decision that you are going to move on. And here's, here's key to it. This will not happen automatically. You'll have to rise up and say, I don't care how hard this is. I don't care how disappointed I am. I'm not going to let this get the best of me. I'm moving on with my life. The enemy takes great joy, and he loves to deceive us into wallowing in self-pity, fretting and feeling sorry for ourselves, Or having a chip on our shoulders Why did this happen to me God must not love me He doesn't answer my prayers Why did my marriage end in divorce Why did my business not succeed Why did I lose my loved one Why didn't things work out In my life And although some of these questions Might be valid Don't try to figure out something you can't change You can't unscramble Eggs Let the past be the past And go on Yesterday, ran into a man and he started talking to me and he he knows who I am. And I was up in Beechwood, and he says, hey, I have a pastoral question for you. And I said, what is that, Travis? He said, "Okay. So if I were to run for mayor and he's his his degree is in political science, he said, if I were to run for mayor. What would you expect from me? What would I say to the community at large? You know, how would I get involved? What are some of the things that I would do and say? I said, well, first of all, are you part of a Rotary Club? No. Are you part of a chamber? No. Well, why don't you start there? Why don't you become an officer of that board and of that community group? And so the people in the community can see who you are. He said, oh, but I grew up in this community in North Canton. He said, but here's a problem. And he turned around, and he was fidgeting with a watch that I had, and he came back around, and he goes, but there's something I haven't told you. And I said, well, what is that? He said, I didn't tell you that you see everybody knows who I am. I said, they do. How old are you? 25. And everybody knows who you are. He said, yes. Yes. I said, well, how big's your church? Let's start with the community that you're a part of. Your church? Well, our church is very small. They know who I am there, but 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 let me finish, let's talk about this story. And I said, Well, what happened? He said, You see, my father was incarcerated. I said he was. And he said, Only people knew me from his reputation. I said, So they know who you are. And he said, Yes. I said well, then get up and stand tall. Overcome the disappointment in your life. You make a name for yourself. You get out there. You canvass the area. You become the mayor. I mean, this is and he and by the end of the conversation of talking about overcoming his disappointment. He turns around like this. And he says, guess what, Todd? I go, what? He goes, Someday. I will be the president of the United States of America. And he walked right back to me, and I took my hand like this, and I reached across the counter, and I said, and Travis, remember me. I'll be your chaplain. (laughs) Sometimes we forget, don't we? Overcoming disappointments. Oh, but see, you don't know about my life. See, this is the way my dad was. This is the way my mom was. You see, my husband had such a bad reputation. Get up, let go, and let God. God has a plan for you. You have to embrace that plan. Satan keeps you crippled so that you do nothing for him. And we've learned through this, this resurrection um, month that Jesus Christ rose to give us life, to give it to us abundantly, and to not be held in shackles in the grave. We are free and free indeed. Jesus Christ wants to free us. Don't you let your past determine your future. Let go and let God. We have to defeat the disappointments. That we go through. So I looked at him and I said. So listen young man. Don't become trapped. In the past. Don't become trapped in the past. Today in America. Divorce. Is at its highest families are dysfunctional children are divorcing parents We have goals we want to reach in the ministry and we feel that we can't fulfill the calling that God has given us because of our past disappointments I can't do it You have no you don't understand my father beat me up at the kitchen table every time I said a prayer He ridiculed me. I can't pray publicly Well, if the gift that is within you, let it come out on the outside. Don't let that disappointment determine who you become today. Rise up, church. Walk on. You have to realize that you have to quit mourning over what you've lost and start receiving God's mercy and love. Don't let your past keep you from being all that God wants you to be. Don't become trapped. In the past, the Bible says the mercies of God are fresh and they're new every single day. God knows we're going to make mistakes. God knows we are not perfect, so He provides fresh mercy and grace to us every single day. We beat ourselves up more than we should. God doesn't condone our sins, He doesn't wink at our wrongdoing. But God doesn't automatically condemn us either. And the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men consider slackness. But his longsuffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You can't become stronger until you repent of what you've done. You can't become stronger in the workforce until you realize where your weaknesses are at. Confess them and move on. If you're going to avoid getting trapped in the past, you must learn to forgive yourself. You must be willing to accept God's mercy. You can't be so critical of yourself that you won't receive what God has to offer. Maybe you made some bad choices. Now you are trying to correct the things you've done wrong. That's noble. And to the extent that you can make restitution of any hurt you have inflicted on others, you should attempt to do so. But you must understand you can't always repair every broken piece of your life or somebody else's life. You can't fix every mistake or clean up every mess that you have made. This should reach some of us at home. You may be trying to pay a debt that you cannot possibly pay. Perhaps it is time that you simply receive God's mercy and forgiveness so you can move on with your life. But please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not suggesting that you take the easy way out. Ignoring. Your actions are your responsibility. Quite the contrary, as much as you are able, you should seek forgiveness from and make restitution to those whom you've hurt. But frequently, little can be done to correct the past. When you know the situation is over and done, the best thing to do is just move on. A young man came to me once and he said. Pastor I'm so angry at my mom And she's in the grave I said well let's do this Let's tell her how you feel So he came to me the next week And I told him I advised him I said I want you to take all the hurt And the disappointment All the expectations that you had of your mother I want you to write them down on a piece of paper He's like okay So he comes back to me and he says "All right, preacher I did what you asked of me I said so okay How did that work out for you He said, man, this was a journey I never expected. I was mad and I was happy and I laughed. And then there was points of sorrow in my life and disappointment. Yet there was points of joy and excitement. Then I said, well, did you regret what you did? He said, oh, no. I got to tell you, this was great and it was liberating. I said, he goes, now, are you ready to hear the letter? I said, no, that letter wasn't for me. That letter was for you. So I said to the young man, I said, now what I want you to do is I want you to take that letter. I want you to walk right out to her graveside. I want you to take that letter and I want you to read it out loud. Just you and her. You can kick and scream. You can go through the same journey you went through. Then I want you to take it. I want you to rip it up. And leave it there. So the following week, he came back to me and he's like, Well, I was like blown away because for years I was trapped in my past. Do you understand that for the first time in my life, I haven't thought about her for a week? I'm free. I am free and I have victory. And I looked at him and I said, See, Often, the word trap means we're held in bondage. And we do that when things disappoint us. Oh, we want to remind people of what they've done to us. See, when we remind them what they've done to us, then it gives us control. Well, let go. Let God. Let him have control. And you'll start to see God will start healing some of the wounds and the pain of your past. You need to go to him. God wants to do more than you can ask or think. He wants to restore good things to you in abundance if you will focus on the right things. God will take your most horrendous battlefield and turn it into your greatest blessing field. And as I said, this—I said Satan wants to hold us captive. Next point, God will not change another person's will. I'm often asked to pray for individuals who are believing for a relationship to be restored. Help me, Pastor. Some are praying for their marriage to be restored. Others are asking God to heal a business situation or a rift between coworkers. And I always want to encourage people, persevere, work through it, to continue praying and believing for good things to happen. But we must also understand that God will not change another person's will. He has given every human being free will to choose which way he or she will go. Whether to do right or to do wrong. Sometimes, no matter how hard we pray or how long we stand in faith, things don't turn out as we hope or as we have anticipated. But when God, and I know some people say, oh, I hate when this is used. but When God allows one door to close, he will open another door for you. Revealing something bigger and revealing something better. The Bible says in Genesis fifty twenty, But as for you, you thought or you intended evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass. As it is this day, to save much people alive. God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. He went to a cross for your life. He knows what hurt and what pain is about. He knows what disappointment's about. Another man, Peter. Peter disappointed him over and over again and yet Peter was still next to him by his side. The very man who disappointed Jesus and yet Jesus continued to keep loving him over and over again. Oh, but when we get disappointed by somebody, they walk out of our life. Stick around. Once you stick around, you'll start to see growth in your life and then victory starts to take place in your life as well. God wants to take your scars and turn them into stars. He wants to take those disappointments and turn them into reappointments. But understand, whether you will experience all those good things in your future depends to a large extent on your willingness to let go. Of the past. I'm going to be wrapping things up. Last point. You can't put a question mark where God has put a period. You can't put a question mark where God has put a period. Avoid the tendency to dwell on what you could have done. Which college you should have attended. Which career you should have pursued. Or that person you wish you would have married. Quit living in a negative frame of mind. Stewing about something that is over and already done with. Focus on what you can change rather than what you cannot. Shake yourself out of that should have, could have, would have mentality and move on. And do not let the regrets of yesterday destroy the hopes and dreams of your tomorrow. And I say this as I close. In Matthew chapter 6, it says this But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil or trouble thereof. In 1 Peter 3, it says, Who, his own self, bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we bring dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Verse 25 says, for you are a sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. Yesterday is already gone. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may not come. You must live for today. You must live for today. You may have made some poor choices that have caused you awful heartache and some pain. Perhaps many of us in this room may feel we have blown it, that your life is in shambles. And beyond repair. You may feel disqualified from God's best. Convinced that you must settle for second best. The rest of your life. Because of the poor decisions. And the poor choices that you made. But friend God desires your restoration even more than you do. And if you'll let go of the past. Start living each day with faith and expectancy. God will restore everything that the enemy has ever stolen. From you Here's a story I want to share with you It's called the right decision Young man was appointed to the presidency Of a bank the tender age of 32 The promotion was far beyond His wildest dreams and very frightening To him So he went to the old chairman of the board To ask for advice on how to become A good bank president What is the most important thing for me to do as a new president? He asked the distinguished older man. Son, make right decisions, was the gentleman's terse answer. The young man thought about that for a moment and said, thank you very much. That's very helpful. But can you be just a bit more specific? How do I make right decisions? The wise old man answered, experience. Exasperated. Young president said, Oh, but sir, that is why I'm here. I don't have the experience. I need to make right decisions. How do I get experience? Wrong decisions came the old man's reply. Wrong decisions. You see, spiritual maturity doesn't come easily. It usually comes by making a lot of mistakes. Don't get too discouraged if you're unable to live the perfect Christian life right now. See, that's what surrender and commitment is all about. Commitment means that even though you blow it again and again, you hang in there and keep learning from your mistakes. Don't give up on Jesus because he's never given up on you. Turn your disappointments into reappointments. Turn the pain into victory. God wants to use you. Will you surrender to that today? God's purged your heart this morning. Maybe there's some things that you've been just harboring. and Satan wants you to do that. He wants you to be disappointed in me as your pastor. He wants you to be disappointed in your spouse. He wants you to be disappointed in your kids. He wants more than anything for all of us to live with regret. But church, I'm here to tell you that you can rise up. As the young man said, someday I will be the president. I didn't laugh. Because if that's his goal and that's his desire, may his cre- may his faith increase and may his courage increase And his trust be even more God the Father. Today, would you come to him? Maybe you've been teetering on some decisions in your life of what do I do now? Know this. Trust in him so that he can rewrite your tomorrows. Because he said, don't you worry about it. He's got everything under control. Would you let go and would you let God? Let's all stand as we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love that you have for us. We thank you, Father, that in the midst of our disappointments, of our expectations. Father, we don't have to look at our disappointments. Look at them as a failure. But Lord, if we never make some of the wrong choices or decisions in our life. Will never come out. Like gold. So Lord take our disappointments. And turn them into reappointments. Help us father to. To put our trust and our faith in you. And Lord as, as your word says. As we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And lean not. To our own understandings. But in everything we do. And in everything we say and in everything that we remember we will acknowledge you and you'll direct our path so father today help us to come before you confessing clearing up and moving on never remembering you said in your word as far as the east is from the west our sins are forgiven Lord, we walk in victory today. Lord, mold us and remake us to be more like you. In your name we pray. Amen.